Hi, my name is Christy, and this podcast is my pursuit to glean practical wisdom on femininity, homemaking, finances, and relationships from the God-fearing women in my life. Hope you enjoy this journey with me as we learn to smile at the future. Now let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Smiling at the Future podcast. Another exciting announcement is that we have an Instagram page. You can find it by searching Smiling at the Future podcast, and it gives our community a way to interact, and you will also get a sneak preview of future episodes, the questions I'll be asking, and also you can suggest questions on future topics. So head on over there and like that page. And while you're navigating and doing that, why don't you go on over to Apple Podcasts and also leave a rating and review so that other single ladies will be able to find and be encouraged by the content on this podcast. Today, you'll hear the second half of my interview with Dolores. She's talking about friendships, and today she's going to be speaking to how to treat the single men in your life as well as how to diagnose if you're a giver or a taker in your friendships. Listen to the end for our bonus question, which is on a separate topic. Here again is the lovely Dolores Michelson. If I may take this opportunity to go to our, our next question, I think this is a good correlation, but how do you know if in your friendships you're more of a taker then you are a giver. I think, you know, just talking with you before the call started today that we both agreed. I think that if you're not asking questions in a relationship, then that's a pretty good indicator that maybe you're more of a taker in that friendship than you are a giver. Do you have any other pieces of wisdom on that topic that you can share? Well, you know, (laughs) this is... Christy, when I was talking to you about two people in my life that are the major takers, think they're the major givers. So I would go back to a scripture that I love, and it says, examine yourself. I love that. When I first saw that in the Bible, I went, whoa, I love this so much. because. You need to be very frank with yourself. And just after you've had a conversation with somebody, say, hmm, now did I tell her everything about me or did I ask her about something about her life? Hmm. And you start thinking about that and start, you know, um, becoming aware of your language patterns, if they are all about you, or if you can't wait for your friend to stop talking so you can talk, you have a problem there. There is a problem. The Bible continually tells us to think more highly of other people than we do ourselves, And we do think highly of ourselves, that's for sure. Even C.S. Lewis said that. He said, you know, I tried to think of other people and I found myself only thinking about me. And I figure C.S. Lewis has that problem. We probably all do. So so I would just 
probably say to examine your conversations. See if they are more about you than they are about your friend. And you know this thing about asking questions? This could segue into another question. When you go out on a date, ask your date everything about him. This is a great way to really get to know somebody. And, you, and it's really more interesting than if you're going to talk about yourself. At least to them, it's more interesting because they love talking about themselves. Most guys do. They love that. They feel very comfortable when they're talking about themselves. So that's not a bad thing. It's just a guy thing. It really is. But anyway, that's, that's the thing is just ask people. Be more in, involved in other people's lives than you are even in your own. And it's a great way to live. Yeah. And if you have trouble identifying maybe if you're giving or taking in your friendships, I would say it's a good idea to ask for input from someone you trust and know that they would have a wise and gracious way of telling you that. Yeah, maybe someone older in your life who is a mentor or counselor, because I think it's very hard to diagnose. It's, an, it's a blind spot for a lot of people. And if it was pointed out to them and if they were made aware of it, they would see it, but they don't see it unless it's been pointed out. And so sometimes you need someone else to identify it for you if you don't see it in yourself. I, and I know even sometimes your family is probably very helpful in this regard because they're not going anywhere. You're not going to lose your sibling if you ask them this question, whereas you might, it might be more difficult to ask this question of a friend. But I'm, my sister and I used to do that. We would kind of check in with each other once a year or so and just very openly ask each other, is there anything in my life that you think needs to be addressed or dealt with? Please tell me. A lot of times there wasn't. There, there wasn't any glaring faults or things. When it was brought up, it was so helpful. And it's painful in the moment. You're like, oh man, I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, exactly. It's painful, but so is learning. There are a lot of things that are very painful, but you learn so much through them. And then you come back and thank that person. Thank you so much because, you know, I, I, just, I didn't know I was doing that. So, no, I think that's wonderful, especially if you have a sister that you can talk that frankly too. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm very, very thankful for the sister that God gave me. Do you have other suggestions of things that people could look for that would be symptoms of being a taker in a relationship? Well, usually takers are kind of poor me. I'm just not getting everything that everybody else is getting. And they have like a kind of a sad face most of the time. But, you know, it's just like you said, when this question you gave to me with the other questions, it's the only one I really had problems with because it's so hard to diagnose for yourself. It's just really hard. I just think you have to look at your speech pattern. Are you talking more about yourself or are you talking about more about your friend? 
if you are talking more about yourself, get over it for one thing. And the other thing is, pray with your friend. You're going to talk to the Lord. You're not going to talk to the Lord, hopefully, about yourself. When you talk to the Lord, you're going to ask the Lord to help your friend. And you have all your thoughts and all your motivation towards your friend. If this doesn't happen, I mean, seriously, if you feel sad for yourself all the time because you're not getting everything that everybody else is getting, you do have a problem and you do have to face it. And it would be very painful if someone tells you that because I don't see, you know, the people don't, that are like that don't see it. They really think that they are not getting what everybody else is getting. You know, they do feel kind of sorry for themselves and boy, get over it because that's no place to be. Get out of that as soon as you can. Yeah, that's not spreading a sweet aroma. (laughs) My dad used to talk about the story of the man who had, was it Limburger cheese in his beard? (laughs) And Limburger cheese smells horrible. And he thought everybody else smelled bad. And then, you know, he he didn't ever realize it was himself that that smelled bad. (laughs) I don't know where the story came from, but just a good visual reminder if you're driving people away and you think everyone else is the problem, it could be yourself and your own bitterness that is creating that kind of aroma of death around you if you're bitter and complaining. You're really on a subject that's quite important, actually, because, you know, God meant us for joy and Holy Spirit puts joy in our heart. And it doesn't mean you have everything you want. It doesn't mean that you're ever going to have everything you want. Maybe everything you want's not the best thing for you, and God knows that. But to show joy is such an honoring to the Lord, exalting His name. He has created joy in us. And when we have the Holy Spirit within us, it's kind of hard to keep that joy down. And a lot of times when things happen and things are really hard, not easy times, times when maybe you're in the point of losing your husband and you go, I don't have any joy. Well, you know what? God knows that. But deep down, you have joy because he has it so deep in your soul, so deep in your heart, in your mind, that temporarily is overshadowed by the sadness. But do you know what? In the morning, comes the joy. I love that. I love that. God renews the joy in our hearts every day. And so we have to look for the thing that gives us the joy that God has given us and then give that to other people. Do you know why I don't like wearing a mask? Not because it's a pain in the neck, but because When I get to the grocery store, I talk to so many people by the time I leave and a lot of smiles and a lot of uh, talking back and forth and everything. I leave that grocery store almost every time elated, just elated. Okay, now I have the mask on. They don't know if I'm friendly or if I'm a dreadful person. They don't know if I'm frowning or smiling. 
and they can look at my eyes and maybe see a little bit of something. But I miss not being able to talk to these people. And I don't know if they're friendly either. <laughs> you know? So COVID has really changed a lot of things. And that's one of them. I thought about painting a smile on my mask. Then they all know that I'm friendly. So maybe they, they would talk to me. Well, I'm sure they can see it just by your, your, the light in your eyes and your countenance. Well, it's just been an interesting thing we're going through right now, right? Yes. And I just have to share this because it's something my mom shared and taught all of us kids on the art of conversation. She played a game with us and we would sit in a circle and we would have a little bouncing ball that we would toss back and forth to each other like a beach ball. And that was our conversation game. We would ask somebody a question and we had to throw the ball to that person. That person would catch the ball, answer the question, but they couldn't hold on to the ball. They had to ask somebody else a question and it couldn't be the same person. It had to be somebody else in the group. And just that little game, you know, I I feel bad for so many people that probably missed out on learning that basic skill. But just going back to asking questions, maybe that could be a helpful visual that people could have in their heads. Are they holding on to that ball and not throwing it back? Do you grab the ball, answer the question, and then drop the ball and don't respond with the question? You know, there's different ways to, to visualize it, but just a good little tip there. I love that. I'm going to start that with my great-grandchildren. Yeah. It was so fun as kids. And then my mom was very good to remind us when we were playing the game, two people can't just be throwing that ball back and forth and asking each other questions. What about everybody else in the circle? You know, don't leave people out and bring everybody in. Wow. I love that. So switching gears here, do you have any advice that you can give to women who are interacting with other single men, so single women and single men, and what are good ways to be viewing and treating each other as brothers and sisters in Christ in ways that are edifying and healthy. Do you have anything you want to share on that? Here's the problem with that, with with me. I got married when I was 19, and my (laughs) husband was 20. He was 20 going on 40, and I was eight. I was 19 going on 12. So we had a lot of adjustments to make. Say you're in a church situation, not a working situation. And you're in this Bible study with guys and girls, and none of you are married. There's going to be some guys that you're going to be attracted to. Some guys you're not going to be attracted to. And this is what usually happens. The ones you're not attracted to are attracted to you. That's usually what happens. One thing I would just encourage my fellow single sisters to be mindful of is, you know, like you mentioned, Dolores, there are guys that we're interested in, guys we're not interested in, and not to treat them differently. If a guy is not someone that you see as a potential spouse, don't just, you know, ignore or treat them less than or treat them rudely. Just, you know, be mindful that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. You're going to spend eternity alongside 
these people don't treat them wrongly now. And it's a good reminder for me as well to just be kind to everyone and treat everybody with equal kindness and respect and dignity and, you know, being above board, of course, in all of your interactions, but not to prefer others based on any status. And that's very (laughs) biblical. Is it Paul who, or Jesus who talks about not having someone sit at the nice place at the table and telling someone else to sit at the foot in your conversation interactions? Do you do that with people? Do you put some people in a nice seat and some people at the foot? And you know, there may be somebody that likes you and you really don't see them as a mate. But you know what? They're human being. And so when you start talking to them and asking questions, listen, asking questions is the great open sesame because all of a sudden, maybe this person that you really haven't thought too much about and maybe don't even care that much about, all of a sudden starts coming out with things that you're so interested in and you're looking at this person in a whole new light so you know we have to prefer other people better than ourselves it's really important if any question is answered tonight that is the question that needs to be answered that way we must look at everybody like we were a worm a worm has everybody higher than it It's just got his head stuck out of the dirt and everybody's taller and higher than it is. And so if you think of yourself as a worm, it's kind of a great thing because then everybody's important and everybody's interesting. And you might find some people that you might not want to marry this guy, but boy, you want to keep this person as a friend forever. And that's, that's true, what she said about don't discard any of them. Don't, don't show partiality. No, that's, God did not show partiality to us. He accepted all of us as weak and bad as we are. Well, thank you, Dolores, for bringing it back to that crucial point. But the last two questions on my list How much do you think friendship between two people plays into a dating relationship? It plays a lot because you can't say, I love you, but I don't like you. So you have to say, I love you and I like you. I like the person you are. I appreciate the person you are. And I happen to love you. But I will say this, and I think, Christy, I did talk to you about this. That a lot of Christian women are raising, and I'm saying Christian women because I'm thinking of the Christian guys, are raising boys and not men. Now, sometimes the men in the family, the father in the family, sets out to raise his, his son to be responsible and take care of a wife and children. It's hard out there finding a man that, you know, wants to get married and be responsible to bring the wherewithal home so you can have a home and have children. But it's not impossible. 
And even some of those boys really maybe don't even want to be boys. Maybe they really want to be men. And so behind every man is a good woman. And that's that's where you all come in. Yeah, I think direction is important. Someone doesn't have to have everything nailed down right now, but are they diligent, hardworking, focused on the right things, moving in the right direction? Do you see growth? Do other people see growth in their life? And are they, are they asking the right questions? You know, sometimes you can see a lot about a person by the questions that they ask to the other person. What we did is we had all the girls that we loved they would bring their beloved into our living room and we would sit and they told their beloved that it was an interrogation and we would ask them questions and they would give answers. And then as they all walked out the door, the two of them walked out the door, the girl would look back and Burton would have his thumb up or thumb down. And you see, they broke up within a week or two if it was a bad one, because we as older people, could see some questions that were answered in a way that would not be good for the girl to be involved with. And that ended up being true. And then, and then the same girl, that one particular one, we said, no, thumbs down. She walked out, she broke up with him. And then about a year later, she brought this other guy and we went thumbs up. She found, she found just the right guy and they've been married they have their kids are all getting married <laughs> so it's been a very successful marriage but sometimes it's good to have people you can do that with oh yes i'm sure many women would love to have you and burton as a resource like that can you give an example of one of the questions that you would ask yeah one of the questions we wanted to ask this one man was he had a bad back. He's a young man. I mean, he was probably 24. She was 23. And I asked her, or Burton asked, I don't remember who asked, well, now you have a very bad back, don't you, Grant? Yes, I sure do. Yeah, well, what's going to happen if your back gets so bad, you're not going to be able to work anymore? And (laughs) this guy, he said, well, you know what? She knows how to do hair and she can work and she's, she'll bring the money home and I'll, I'll stay home and I'll take care of any kids that we get. Well, that's a deal breaker right there. Yeah, 24 years old and you're already thinking about your wife's going to go to work and support you. She ended up getting a man. that was just so wonderful, but we had to pray for him bonus question for you. And this is not on my list of questions I gave you. So you're going to have to think off the cuff here. And we'll end on this one. You mentioned earlier in the conversation that sometimes it can get harder to have more birthdays and get older and be single. Can you share any just practical wisdom or advice on how you look at and your view on aging? Wow. I am so delighted that God allowed my husband and I to live so long. Are you kidding? I wouldn't give up one year. And I'll tell you why. Because of what I've learned about him. 
I wouldn't give that up. Oh, my, he has been so wonderful in my life. I mean, I was 27 and I got MS. And I had all kinds of bad things happen. I lost the eye, sight in one eye. I had, oh, so many problems, okay. And then I got cancer years later. And he saw fit to make me live through that. I have gone through this lifetime with him leading us into the paths we need to go to through. And and he's always been there. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it means even if I couldn't walk to the front door, he's not going to leave me. He'll be there for me. He'll take care of me. I wouldn't give up one minute of my life because I would have to give up something I learned from him. And I can't do that. I am so honored, thrilled, thankful. He let me live this long. Love all these kids in my family and grandchildren and kids. And oh my gracious, you know, it's just just been so wonderful that I love every age I ever went into. I really did. I loved every age. I even felt there that at that time when I was younger, that I didn't want to go back because I knew there was so much more for me forward. And so, you know, I'm going to get the big 9-0 when my husband just turned 9-0. And I went, well, honey, you're old. And I'm going to be that in just a few months. But I am just delighted. Oh, my. I am just delighted. And I just say, look at every age as something special. Because you're never going to live that day that you just said goodbye to today. You're never going to live that day again. So you got to make the most of what, what you're living. And here's the thing. Memorize scripture. You don't know. We're living in a very strange time. And we don't know how long we're going to have the access to a Bible. We do not know that. I think that they're going to find that it's going to be very hard on the churches. Uh, this COVID thing is going to continue to be hard on the churches. And maybe something after that will make it hard on the churches. So, you know, I just would encourage all the ladies to memorize scripture. You can do it. If an 89 and a half year old can do it, you can do it. It just just fills your heart full of joy. So I hope I answered your question. Oh, that was so lovely. Thank you, Dolores. And thank you so much for sharing your heart on everything. And you could just tell so much of your of your advice and things you shared was from personal experience and living through things and learning your wisdom from a life lived well. And so I just appreciate that so much. And I know all the ladies who listen to this are going to come away with so many nuggets of wisdom to hang on to for the rest of their life. Well, I, I pray that's true. It's not easy to live a godly life because the world is wooing us all the time and trying to undermine us, really undermine us. But I tell you what, God is so good 
And if they don't remember anything else, let them remember, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is his promise to us. It has held me in good stead all these years. Wow, that's such a powerful note to end on. Thank you, Dolores. 